right, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this Strange Days Indeed edition of the GFP Podcast and Blast. I am your on-and-off-again host, Chris Hall, uh, here today with a special guest on call-in because, hey, it's six feet apart. We're about a mile apart, but I uh, just had him call in, is my co-worker and communications guy, Nick Harrington. Nick, how's it going, buddy? I am good. We just got off the water, and so we've had two good days out there. So, so, so it's been a just, very, very good time. So it's just like we we would be working. You know, on a Sunday you fish until you drop, and then you come back in on Monday and and uh, get back to work, right? Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, That's perfect. You're you're finding fish. We're in pier for everybody that doesn't know that, but uh, you're finding fish today and this weekend, Nick. Yep, yes I am. We've been fishing the Stewan Basin. There's a lot of other boats up there, but there's right. plenty of walleyes to be caught up there, too. Good. And some good eaters as well, so we got some fish tomorrow. Good, good. And uh, I've been out on Oahe with my daughter and my family and some friends, uh, seeing a lot of pike caught. I've caught a few. I broke three off last week. Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, two of them were on the one rod. I found out that there was some bad line. And uh, the other one just, just, I, I just messed it up. But we have caught a couple nice pike. I've seen some big pike caught. I saw a kid catch a 26 pounder last weekend, or at least a picture of it. Um, lots of fish in those teens. Um, what I'm hearing for, for um, like Lake Oahe Northerns is these fish are biting spoons and, and, and trolling cranks already, which seems to be a little weird, but uh, people are catching a lot of fish up there too. So, Good time to get out. I know there's some catfish being caught. I saw some big catfish in the southeast being caught. But um, let's get on with with the episode. Uh, what, what I think we're going to do on the GFP podcast and blast. Two, two, uh, Nick and I are both communications guys for Game Fish, like I said earlier. And one of our big, big um, duties every day is to answer questions. Nick is on the social media side. He, he kind of... Um, helps put all the posts out or leads that charge, and we give him content, and he puts it out. But he also um, answers all the questions that come in. And, and even on an average day, Nick, how many questions do you think come in through our Facebook page? Oh, it can depend, but I'd say any average day we've got 5, 10, 15 questions. But, oh, man, these past few days it's been way more than that. That might be in an hour, these past few days. Right, and I, I'm uh, – I'm monitoring our, our some of our info pages and, and emails, and uh, I think yesterday, which was Saturday, I think there was 300, and, um, you know, cool. average day, there's probably 30 or 40, probably the same. So getting lots of questions, um, and they're always interesting. I mean, we've always said we should do an episode where we just talk about some of the more interesting or thought-provoking or even ones that made us laugh. Um, questions, but we've got a lot of questions now with with the uh, pandemic stuff going on, and um, these are some questions we're going to read off and crack off to you, go back and forth. And um, but uh, the first one and the biggest one that the, the gorilla in the room, at least in Central South Dakota and even in Northeast South Dakota, is uh, there was some talk about you know why aren't we closing down down uh, the fishing season to non-residents? Um, I don't know how many times I've seen that. On our on our uh, wild info uh, email, Nick, I, I know you've been monitoring, and it's it's not only on our page; it's on just about everybody's minds. If you're if you're a fisherman or if you're in one of those fishing forums, 
Absolutely. I would say if you are if you are an outdoor user in South Dakota, you have definitely heard this question and probably asked it yourself. Right. So, so like I said, 300-pound gorilla, but uh, last Thursday, the GFP Commission had their April meeting uh, via teleconference, and the Commission and Secretary Hepler talked about this. And uh, so we're going to bring this clip off the issue uh, for this issue. I mean, I think it, it answers it really, really well, and it kind of kind of just sets the tone for the rest of the conversation. So here's that question now. All right, so that takes us to what I think then is the final subject of today's meeting, which is the issue of whether or not there are restrictions that should be placed on fishing or turkey hunting as was commented on during the public comment period. I don't know if Kelly is going to start that discussion or Kevin. Mr. Chairman, but, this is Kelly Hopper, Secretary. I can do that when you're ready. Yeah, why don't you start? And, you know, the only thing I would say as we get going is we did ask, I did ask who had authority to either, you know, end seasons or restrict seasons, whether it's fishing, turkey hunting, or whatever, and um, Kelly, I'm sure, will explain this, but, I mean, the commission has authority, but I think it's a shared authority with, and I haven't looked at the statute, but I think it's shared in, um, with the governor and the department. So. That's something else we can discuss along the way, but I did want the commissioners to know as we begin this discussion that there is authority in the commission. Um, so just keep that in mind as we go forward. So Kelly, if you could lead the discussion, that would be good. Well, thank you, Mr. Chairman and commissioners. Again, this is Kelly Hepler, Secretary of Game Fish and Parks and our listeners. You know, <clears throat> this is an incredible time we're living in, one that we've never seen in our ages and hopefully the next generations never will again and there's just a you know there's a lot of concern out there there's a lot of fear out there um you know how do you react you know whether you're in aurora county whether in hughes county or whether minnehaha you know and i i think our governor and department of health particular secretary have just done a wonderful job as far as leadership you know letting people know this is a marathon and it's not a sprint so we're doing responsible action but we're going but we're not going to overreact either we're going to react with the facts and figures and the CDC guideline tell us to do. You know, we're in constant contact with the governor's office, Mr. Chairman, commissioners, and the Department of Health to ensure that the actions that we're doing are supported by the experts. These aren't decisions we're making independently. And I know some people are saying we're just keeping things open because we want the money. I mean, to me, and I'll be very candid about that, I take that as an insult to the good people who work for GFNP. That is not at all what we're doing. Our public safety and, and the safety of our of our workers and our workforce is paramount. But at the same time, we need to make decisions based on what the decision should be. I mean, the governor's made it clear she's not going to close down the borders. She's also made it clear she supports hunting and fishing and getting people out in our parks. We do, too. In times of anxiety and, and people are depressed, I mean, and you want to focus on something positive, getting those families outside and recreating is very, very important to do. 
And I know people on the line were saying, okay, we're not asking to close the door for everybody, just some non-residents. And that just doesn't resonate a lot with me because it, it isn't about an individual. Where the individual came from, you know, a county here in South Dakota or came potentially from Iowa or Minnesota, the two you hear the most part of. It's all about the fishing activity, not the individual. So at some point in the future, and realize these things change daily and some, you know, certainly weekly, we came to the point that we need a further reaction. We're not going to look at it as a resident, non-resident. It's my recommendation saying it's the activity. And if you think recreational, you know, getting people out in the recreation on the outside is really necessary to shut down, then this going to it'll include parks, it'll include hunting and fishing. But we think the message really needs to be is get outside. But we couple that immediately with we want to recreate responsibly. You need to follow the CDC rules. You need to have social awareness. You need to have, know how separation is. And so if you come to a boat launch, for example, it's highly crowded, give people a chance to back away. Or if you're trying to bring your boat in, just don't back in like you're Wait for that boat gets out and you can pull in. There's clearly ways that people can social distancing. And, and so then there's this balance. What do you do? And so I, I, we're not to that point. At least I don't agree to that point. We need to do those kind of reactions, Mr. Chairman. You know, I think people need to follow those guidelines. I think that's important to do those things. Um, you know, in the end, it's an individual decision. Every one of us on the phone, every one of us listening has to make a decision what you think is best for your family. And in the end, if that means I don't feel comfortable going into a park, I don't feel comfortable going out fishing, whether it's from the shore or on a boat. You know, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily go out for a walk. I, I really do think I want to stay at home. And that's fine. You need to do what's best for your family. But the balance also, I just, I, I ask people to trust this governor who's shown incredible leadership during this time of, of crisis. And she has your best interests at heart and the best interests of South Dakota. And that's exactly what we're trying to do, is to follow what's best in South Dakota. Now, Mr. Chairman, I'm sure there'll be some questions from the commissioners. I'd be happy to answer that. Any kind of detailed, you know, like uh, Director Simpson can certainly talk about how they're approaching parks. There are certain precautions we are going to take, like we're closing down, you know, um, those large picnic areas, we're not going to, you know, those comfort zones where people go take a shower, we're not opening those. Still have facilities open for people to use the bathrooms. Fish cleaning stations, that's a nice nicety, that's not a necessity, that does bring people. So we are taking those, those kind of responsible actions while we're doing those things. And I think with John Katilnik on the line, there's a direct question, Mr. Chairman, that you asked in regards to authority. But I think in the end, to right. summarize it correctly, this is, this is a team approach. This isn't one where, you know, we're going to go off and do something that the Department of Health doesn't doesn't support, or this isn't something the commission is going to go off and do something that the governor doesn't support. We are a community, and we're going to act like a community, and then we're going to respond like a community. So we can talk about individual authorities. That's a technicality. But that's really not what's going to drive this. So, Mr. Chairman, I'll turn it back over to you, and you can direct your questions where you want. Thank you. Great. And so – if we first address that, I think what we're going to do is I can put a small group together and, and we can work with the department and whoever else so that every, whatever, three days perhaps, because things do change. So we'll have a group from the commission following this and being part of the reporting and analysis and all of that and so that we can all be kept current and involved 
where it's appropriate that we need to be involved, but we can work out those details later. Um, you know, out here, how about this? I mean, one of the reasons that people have started talking about turkey season and limiting non-residents is that's because what that's what they did in Nebraska. So Kelly, could you address that and I mean, why is it different or I mean, what was the reasoning there? And because we hear that out here. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Kelly Heffler again. You know, that's a great question. You know, every individual state and an individual governor is going to make them going to make the judgment what's best for their state. And I'm certainly not in a position, probably none of us in a position to second guess why, why they didn't do that. Um, you know, I, yeah, I explained what I think is our proper approach, at least from my, my you know, humble opinion. Um, and they made an mm -hmm. informed decision. And of course, I wasn't sitting with them. I wasn't sitting in how they made those decisions or why. I haven't reached out directly to Director Jim Douglas, who's my counterpart, and asked that question. Um, I just don't think that's that's the effective way to do that thing. But at the same time, I'm never going to second guess what another state does and how they react to this. Or certainly not another governor. That's not my that's not my position. And they're going to do what they think is best for their state. And that isn't the best answer, um, Mr. Chairman. But that's the only answer I have at this time. No, I understand. Well, how about other commissioners? What questions or comments or observations do you have? Uh, this is Commissioner Whitmire. Yes. Yes, uh, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, I'm located up here in the northeast uh, corner of the state, and so uh, in neighboring communities, Webster, uh, Wabe, Bristol, and uh, a resounding concern from commissioners, sheriff's department, uh, mayors, uh, the community on the upcoming ice off fishing, which has already begun along Highway 12. Um, I had uh, a witness given that there were 42 vehicles lined up on Highway 12 on Monday, and Tuesday was 34. So certainly the fishing has already begun, and uh, and the concern is those uh, non-resident uh, license plates. And and I will tell you, I, I guess my primary concern is uh, the facilities. Uh, our cafes, restaurants, bars are all closed and, and not uh, and if they're not closed, it's takeout only. And what that uh, equates to is, is there aren't uh, restroom facilities available for these people, so they come fishing and our communities aren't set up. Um, so we've got the, you know, the Dollar General store type situation, which uh, I understand uh, those those places are also low on employees at this time, and so there isn't a uh, staff for cleanup of of facilities when they're used by any particular person. And so the more influx we get uh, from out of state is the higher the concern of what uh, uh, what that does to our own residents. And it uh, so no, I I, I do I, I guess I disagree on the uh, on the difference between a non-resident because. I myself went into town today and I dropped off some tires and I used the facilities again at home and I traveled outside of my state. I certainly wouldn't have done that and it would, it just changes that. So I, I do feel that we need to uh, address this and uh, treat it differently because uh, um, our friends and whatnot from out of state, um, they just don't have access uh, to the same facilities that a resident does in their own home. And so I, I, uh, 
I, I look forward to uh, doing something to at least curb that uh, interaction between uh, people from out of certain areas and from the residents in those areas. And if, if we can't curb that, I'd be in favor of uh, going so far as um, to do something about restricting non-resident fishing or, or uh, hunting, too, if that, uh, if that comes out in our discussions. Thank you. Other commissioners have thoughts, comments? I just had a question from some other people that were asking me about hunting in the hills. Is uh, Custer State Park and the Game Lodge and those uh, under our control, are they open for business? Uh, Mr. Chair, this is Scott, uh, Director of the Parks Division, Scott Simpson. Um, Commissioner Olson, yeah, uh, I mean, Custer State Park is open. Uh, the Game Lodge is, is open on a limited basis. Um, they're, they, they are, you know, you can get a, you can get a room out there at Creekside right now. Um, they obviously have their challenges, uh, just like every other business across the state. Um, but at this time, they're they're open for business. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Chair. Yes, Commissioner Sharp. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is, you know, we've all seen the emails and, um, you know, and, and I appreciate where uh, Commissioner Whitmire is coming from. I'm on the, you know, pretty much polar opposite side of that thing at this current time. Uh, I think everybody's thoughts and, and comments from the public are well-intentioned, uh, but I think it's, I think we need to make decisions based on uh, facts and data um, you know, if the comment is we have all kinds of boats going along the river and stuff like that, I know the department could certainly set up game cameras at many of these boat landings to see if, uh, you know, we've got 50 people fighting to back in a boat all at the same time or if it's uh, one here and one there. And over a week period, I think we could get some information. But the reality of it is we have people traveling into our state every single day. Uh, the grocery stores of the world, the uh, you know wholesale goods stores of the world, don't get their stuff airdropped in. They, we have uh, truckers coming through our state, going uh, interstate, intrastate, every single day to every single city in this state every single day, and those are outside people. And. I appreciate the fact that you know the facilities are open, but uh, anybody in in the land right now that's traveling and doesn't have antiseptic spray with them, you know, hand sanitizer, uh, uh, Clorox wipes, and all that kind of stuff to you know help mitigate when they have to go in to use public facilities, I think is just not paying attention, and all the regulations in the world aren't going to help that. Um, and I, uh, shutting down anything to out-of-state people, I think, is uh, is uh, going too far. Because uh, uh, if we're going to get into who we think is a is a risk, are we going to then go down to if you have more than 10 cases in your county, your county people can't travel anywhere. Uh, but if you have no cases, your people can. Um, there's there's counties all over the United States that have way more cases that should be a concern 
than a county that has very few cases, um, and yet really we need to treat all those people the same currently unless we decide to start having categories of who can travel and who can't. So uh, I think until we have really solid data on how much of that's going on and how much that is affecting people's lives, um, you know, I'm just going to be reluctant to start shutting stuff down. I don't know that why it's, uh, it may be under our purview. I don't know that that's uh, necessarily should be our role in this particular environment. And I'd certainly like to see more actual data uh, on how much traffic is going in and out um, before we do anything. But again, you start restricting travel based on in-state versus out-of-state resident, um, I think we're going down a slippery slope. Well, then we have to really start deciding which city can travel and which one can't, uh, so to speak. So those are my thoughts. Mr. Chairman? Yes, Commissioner Olson. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, you know, one other thing in dealing with closures that I wanted to ask and see if anybody in the department could answer it, you know, it's a, uh, collectively the Corps of Engineers in Crow Creek uh, and Lower Brule Sioux Tribes uh, have concluded that the boat ramps are going to be closed effective uh, on the 3rd of April um, to stop the spread. Do we know which ramps they're talking about? Which ones they have under their control? Is it all the boat ramps in? No, uh, this is Kelly Hepler again. No, it's not all of them. It's, it's and it, I can bring up that list pretty quick. If not, I don't know, Mark, if you're on the phone or Scott, if you could bring it up. I'm trying to dig it out of my in basket now. So here it is. And so my understanding, and Mark, um, you can correct me. It's the um, so you're looking at the Good Soldier, North Shore, Old Port Thompson, Spillway Dyke, the left tail race and right tail race. That's what they're looking at. So that doesn't, for example, that does not include uh, like our like our two that we have presently right now that we work with a core on. So those are, they'd be those one, two, three, six locations, I guess, is what it's going to be. And Marco, I don't know if you're on the phone, if you can, is that correct or not? Yeah, uh, this is Mark Ohm, uh, Regional Supervisor in Chamberlain, um, Chairman and, and Commissioners. Uh, Kelly's absolutely correct there. Though all the ramps that he cited there are the Corps of Engineers controlled ramps. Um, and, and to be clear, this is, this is preliminary yet. Um, that decision has not been completely finalized is my understanding. It is likely. Um, but it is not it is not a hundred percent yet at this point. Um, all of those ramps are uh, either in or very close to Fort Thompson in the Big Bend Dam area. Um, the ramps that um, Lower Brule Sioux Tribe has closed um, would be everything on within the Lower Brule Sioux, Sioux Reservation. Uh, so we're looking at. Um, Iron Nation, uh, um, trying to think of the rest of them, Little Bend, um, everything on the on the west side of the river there within the reservation anyway. Mr. Chair, is that something that we could, are we planning on putting out or getting on our site so people are aware of what's open and what's closed? 
I've heard that there's yeah. two-hour waits out at Chamberlain already, and I think if they start closing those other ones, it could get crazy on some of these boat ramps. Well, it would be, certainly be a good idea, and then I hope those that are shutting these ramps properly sign them so the public will know who who's making the decisions uh, at the various locations, because we'll probably get some questions about that. Uh, it'll be helpful if whoever decides to close something down puts a sign up saying who made the decision. Any other comments or questions? Mr. Chair, this is Commissioner, this is Commissioner Olson. I have one more thing non-corona related. Sure, sure. Uh, just a general question might uh, go to uh, Secretary, but uh, I'd had some people, believe it or not, people are starting to think about planting food plots and uh, was talking to a couple different people uh, over in Moody County that said that they still haven't received their food plot payments from last year, and they usually get them in February. I'm not aware of what the real timeline is, but they said that they were postponed indefinitely or there was some snafu in the paperwork. Does anybody have any insight that I could share with them or you could doesn't have to be answered now. You could always just send me a note, but I just wanted to get that out before I forget about it. This is Secretary Hepler. Um, yep. Commissioner Olson, I wasn't aware of that, and, and we'll certainly research that because, you know, we want to obviously we support food plots and working with people. So I don't know if, if Tom Kirschman's on the phone, if you're hurting like that. But either way, we'll, we'll get something out and, and check, check back with you and the other commissioners. And if you have anybody in particular, Names that we can we can contact directly. We'll follow up for him. Great. Yeah, Kelly, this is Tom and and Commissioner Olson. I had not heard that either, so I will check into that ASAP. And we'll get it resolved. So, does anyone else have any comments on COVID nineteen and that subject? If not, maybe what I will do is ask Commissioner Whitmire and Sharp to join me on a group of committee of three, and then we can be in communication with the department on all these issues. And if something significant is happening, then we will get in touch with the rest of the commission. Well, there you have it. I think uh, it's a great answer straight from the proverbial boss man's mouth and, and the commission weighing in, uh, working with the governor, working with uh, the Department of Health, making sure you're doing CDC um, regulations and stuff. Nick, have you seen anything come across that, you know, that was like an interesting opinion or maybe a different take on this or even an idea about, about um, non-residents, residents fishing opener, closing, anything like that? You know, I, we hear this every year because South Dakota does have an open walleye season, whereas our neighbor Minnesota doesn't. If you're down in northwest Iowa, you know they close as well. So, I mean, we hear this every year, but it's it's the answer that a lot of people have is really varied. I mean, a, a lot of people are just worried that, you know, South Dakota here, we're pretty spread out, and we come from a state that, you know, maybe the Nebraskans, Minnesotans, they come from a more, more uh, you know, intense area right but again a lot of like i said we're pretty spread out and i think a lot of people recognize that is there's really not much contact when you're fishing so a lot of people say just close it the non-residents and let residents fish other people have even talked about just doing it only fish your county 
So, right. I mean, that that's down to everybody. And, you know, Edo County has been hit pretty hard. Minnehaha has been hit pretty hard with it here in South Dakota. So I can see where they're coming with that. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, it, the governor has kind of said personal responsibility, and, and a lot of people, I hear that a lot. So, you know, I was thinking about going back up to my hometown of Sisseton and fishing. And, you know, frankly, I don't think, personally, I don't feel like I could do that. So I'm going to fish locally. Um, you know, I, I have seen, you know, everything, you know, these arguments on the forums and people calling in and emailing and stuff. And one of the interesting things that I saw was, you know, people saying, well, the contact would come when you're loading and unloading your boats. You know, that people are in line and you're going back and forth and you're, you start to get kind of crunched in there at times. And, and, and one guy goes, well, why wouldn't we just do it just like tea times at a golf course? You can reserve a tea time. You put in, I want to I want to fish uh, West Bend. Um, I want to put in at, at 8 o'clock on Tuesday morning, and you get six hours of fish, and you've got to be off at 4 or whatever, or 2 or whatever. And I thought that, I was like, well, at least guys, you know, guys and gals out there thinking outside the box. I don't know how you'd ever regulate that. I don't want to go be the golf course uh boat dock marshal at West Bend in June or May or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, at least there's people people that are, are um, you know, kind of thinking out the box. And, and But I think the boss, you know, Kelly, uh, said, it, said it right. It, it's, you know, at what point, where do you start cutting the, you know, where do you start cutting it? If we're going to close it down, you know, okay, we're going to close it down to all non-residents. Well, we've got cases here and we've got places in here where there are kind of quote-unquote hot spots and, and and you know where do you close it so i think you know the direction where we're going now is probably the right way it's probably not the most popular way we did hear from county commissioners and and a tribal chairman at the commission meeting um and uh you know they they would all like to see us us maybe close some stuff down more nick i do know that the tribe and the core the tribes uh in central south dakota and the core did close some boat ramps um what do you know about that Correct. So the, the core and then the Crow Creek Sioux Tribe and the Lower Brule Sioux Tribes, they were working together, and then ultimately that closed six core boat launches in Fort Thompson. Those launches include right tail race, left tail race, spillway dike, old Fort Thompson, good soldier, and north shore. Now, for those not familiar with that area, that is a very concise area. Down Big Bend separates Lake Sharp down into Francis Case. So those tail race ramps, those are going to be down on case. And then, like, Good Soldier, that's just right above the dam. So West Bend, those areas are still open. That Those six closures are just right there, right where Big Bend Dam is. Right. And, and I do know, you know, we're talking about that Chamberlain area. Um, there are still some ramps that are, you know, in that area that are still open and pretty, um, you know, pretty popular and, and, and um, get used a lot. And, what are what are some of those ramps and and I mean are people going to have to if they're going to fish that area should they be pretty patient or are they used to that I, I I don't fish down there this time of year usually unless it's from shore and, and you know what fishing Cedar Shore and American Creek Marina those are generally your two most popular ones anyways mm-hmm. especially once that river opens up I mean Fort Thompson yeah when that dam's open and that's the only place you can launch that's one thing. But, oh, man, Cedar Shore, that can take a lot of stuff. And, I mean, if you fished it, you know that there can often be some pretty good wait times. You might have to get creative when you launch if you don't want to. But there's, those are big parking areas. 
I will say American Creek Marina, the water's down a little bit. The campground up there is open, so that's a little tighter area. But once that water comes up too, American Creek's another nice marina that can take a lot of boats. But even if you want to avoid those crowds, I always like launching a dude ranch down, down near Acoma. You got to take a gravel road down, and it's right. not the prettiest launch in the world, but you know what? If it's not a south wind, it's a nice little launch to have to yourself. Yeah, I, I know we used that that uh, ramp last year when we paddlefished, when I had a paddlefish tag and we went down to the White River, and uh, that yep. that's a nice ramp. And I know I've even fished from shore down there and around that area, and that's a pretty area. And I, and I think, you know, for the most part, our, our, our anglers know that this time of year in certain areas – it's going to be, uh, you're going to have a wait. Um, so, right. I, we, you know, we're asking people to, you know, be patient. But the other thing is, you know, just just because the direction is, hey, we're, we're open. Um, if you have opinion, if you have um, ideas, if you want to speak your mind, I mean, as long as you're being cordial to Nick and I, we're going to answer you. You know, as long as you're being nice and 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 we're using our manners. Hey, we're South Dakotans, and and we we know how to have conversations. And and I I frankly and I and I I think I know the answer from you, Nick. But I I frankly like having these conversations with a lot of people and 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 just engaging with folks. I, I completely agree. And I mean, you got to keep in mind, Chris and I are anglers too. I mean, we're right there with you. We care as much, if not more, than you do. And so I, I love to build those relationships, talk to other anglers, because we're, we're in the same boat. Well, I mean, be in the other boat six feet away. From right. <laughs> we're, all in, we're all in together. Right, right, right. That's, that was good. That was really good. So, <laughs> so let's, let's dive in. Um, you know, maybe we can go back and touch into some of this, you know, recreation and fishing and stuff, um, you know, down the line. But let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, one of the things that I got, I, I opened my emails up this morning, and it was just, and I don't know where they start. I always try to go back and look for the source, and I know you do too, Nick, but I got a ton of emails this morning talking about um, state parks closing and why are you closing state parks. And I'm, I was just like, God, we just put out a press release on Friday saying, you know, our state parks are open. But all of a sudden, and, and I can't find where this one started, but the, the one question I got, number one question today, even over closing non, you know, closing fishing and stuff, are state parks open? And and that could be, I will admit right now to the folks, I am a Nebraska boy, so please please keep that language nice to me when you do talk to me. But Nebraska did close their state parks to overnight camping. They use remains open, but they did oh, close wow. overnight camping. So, I mean, that could that could be why that question is coming in, too. But our parks are open. You can still make camping reservations. You can still use that day-use area. And we're even offering a grace period that you don't need your park entrance sticker right now, too. So go enjoy the parks and then worry about getting your sticker once we reopen again. Right, and and keep in mind, I, I think, you know, obviously we're going to have some limited staffing there. Um, you know, the the the, the um, you know like the the bathroom areas, uh, fish cleaning stations are going to be closed. Um, you know, but we are going to have people um, going around putting toilet paper into vault toilets. Please don't steal it. Um, you know, cleaning up a little bit and trying to make sure the parks are, are at a at a level where you know they're still enjoyable to to um, be out at and uh, they're clean. Um, but yeah, those bathrooms and stuff are going to be you know closed for the most part. Vault toilets will be open, but that's interesting. I hadn't seen that about Nebraska, so I bet that's where that's coming from. People just said, "Oh, South Dakota's up next." So um, yeah, I, I think it was last 
I think it was last Thursday that they announced it. So that's pretty recent, too. Sure. But, I mean, this is a quickly changing situation all across the country. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. You drilled that. So, and and you know, the other thing I think I I and you addressed it, and, and I had a few of those now. Is like, well, you know, I've been calling. I uh, try to stop at the park. Try to stop at your regional office. Everything's closed. I don't have a park license. So I think you addressed that, but you might want to might want to jump on that one again too, Nick. Yep, indeed. And now it's worth noting if you did have your 2019 park entrance sticker, that is still good until mid-May. I don't have that off the top of my head, but it's it's right after that open house weekend that we have, right. so like the 17th or 19th. Yep, something like so that. So that sticker is still that sticker is still good. Well, like I said, we are offering a grace period. We know your those park entrance licenses aren't open. All, some of those buildings aren't open. So if you want to use a park, do not worry about it. If you have your 2019 sticker, 2020 sticker, you're covered for now. Just we get, we just ask that you buy your sticker once our offices reopen, whenever that may be. Right. But you're good. You're good to go for now. Right. And I talked to uh, Director of Parks uh, Scott Simpson. Uh, he's he's not really worried about it right now. <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> he was making soup and trying to figure out how to get his kids out of the house to to uh, rake the yard yesterday. So I don't think he's too worried about park stickers right now. But yeah, so if you want to go out, but you know we're asking folks again, use those parks, but but you know keep that social distance. And and if there's somebody, a family already playing on the playground or something, you know um, maybe play on the other side or wait until they're done and and go roam around. Uh, plenty of open spaces in our parks. Um, Nick, what else are you hearing as far as questions uh, coming your way? A lot of questions we've had is about using our state public lands. What can they do? Can they dog train? Can they shed hunt? What about turkey season? I mean, archery started, what, Saturday? So yep. yesterday? Yep. So what, so what kind of public lands do we have, and what are those open for, just on top of our state parks? You, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, and, I, and I've seen this, this too come across uh, in a couple of emails, and specifically like hunting versus camping and and everything. But I think you know, I, I and you probably agree with me here, Nick. That that's just situation is just pretty much normal and remained unchanged. I mean, game production yep. areas are our lands, or our game, our game fishing parks own lands, so they're public lands. That's open to, to public recreation, whether that's turkey hunting, um, bird watching. Um, you know, hiking, um, that kind of stuff, uh, versus like walk-in areas. Those everybody knows that's private lands that we lease. That's open to hunting only. Um, you know, this time of year you've got some turkey hunting going on. In fact, I, I just drove by a walk-in area kind of down east of here, um, and there were people turkey hunting on it, and and uh, they were coming out, and they didn't have a bird, but uh, I did see that they were all camoed out and stuff. But you know, if you're going to try to access that for fishing or trapping or dog training or anything, walk-in areas are, are basically by landowner only, landowner um, permission only. And as far as crep lands, too, up in the northeast, which are similar, you know, that's that's uh, that's hunting and fishing. And uh, those crep areas up in the northeast, where there is a lot of water this time of year, too, those are open to hunting and fishing. So if you see a crep sign, you know, you can fish that but any or hunt it. Anything else, you got to have... Um, landowner permission for trapping or dog training or whatever um and you know just if you got any questions people you know they can send us those questions or they can look it up uh just search hunting areas on our on our website and uh that'll come up um but there again you know if you're out there and, and turkey hunters i don't think we'd really need to worry about too much but uh you know keep those distances 
Um, you know, and, and even remember that some of these lands, you know, our parks lands, our, um, our GPAs and stuff, you can shed hunt on them now. And you can also hunt morel mushrooms in a few weeks when everything starts warming up. So uh, I know people really like to keep their distances when they're morel mushroom hunting because those secret spots remain probably more secret than even the best fishing areas in the, in the state. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah. So that's that. I mean, I, I would say situation normal. Are, are you getting any other questions or anything like that, Nick? The the other concern was about Black Hill and those ah. federal lands out there, not not our state lands, yep. those federal lands, and what was going on out there, especially if I have, you know, a Black Hill turkey tag, how that will impact me. Right, and and I, I did see some stuff, and, and I went and, and looked. I saw that question, and I saw their press release come across. Um. Black Hills National Forest, Fall River Ranger District on the Buffalo Gap, and the Sioux Ranger District in Harding County have temporarily closed a bunch of their recreational sites, campgrounds, um, picnic areas, a bunch of that stuff. So, yeah, that's going to impact turkey hunters a lot. And and if they're coming out to hunt in the hills, um, you know, I would say go to that um, Forest Service website. And I think, let me look this up quick. fs.usda.gov slash Black Hills. There's a ton of information there. But, yeah, they have a bunch of stuff closed. Um, I haven't seen anything for, like, the Fort Pier National Grasslands and if they've closed off anything. But there isn't really more, you know, as established, um, like, camping areas and stuff down in that grassland as there is in those grasslands and, and Forest Service stuff out west. So, But they did close a bunch of their, you know, public public areas I think their vault toilets are still open, but, but um, yeah, all their other campgrounds and stuff are closed. So if guys and gals are going to go out to turkey hunt and that's where they normally camp, probably going to have to come up with some, uh, some other ideas. So good stuff. And, um, and just to reiterate, Chris, you've talked about this, but turkey season is indeed open. And you, are, right. you can still get your turkey tags. You can still use those turkey tags. And I've seen a lot of people harvest some nice birds already, and it's been, what, 40, 36 hours? Right. So right. there's there's folks getting out and having having some good success. Yep, yep. And and uh, the other thing we could just play off that, Nick, is is I've got a ton of questions, um, even in my personal email um, at work, uh, which is chris.hull at state.sd.us if you want to just cut out the middleman and just ask me questions and try to stump me. Um, you could do it to Nick too, uh, but uh, he'll have to give his email. But people asking if they can get a refund for t- for tags, especially if they're coming from a long ways away, and saying, "Hey, you know, if you don't close the season, um, I'm I'm not feeling comfortable. Uh, I'm not feeling comfortable traveling just because I, you know, I want to stay local. Everything. Um, can I get a refund for the tag? And the answer to that question is yes. Now, if you have an archery tag. You can't get a refund because the season started. But if you take your regular, like, Black Hills firearms or Prairie firearms tags, um, you don't feel like it. you can travel or you should travel. Um, if you just take the return envelope, uh, postmark it prior to the start of the season, put attention Sean, S-H-O-N, spelled weird for some reason, but whatever, that's his, that's Sean ID, our licensing supervisor's uh, anchor to behold, but... Uh, you can get a refund on that tag if you mail them back before the season starts. So that's a that's a good point. And but yeah, turkey season is still on. Um, just asking, you know, there again, 
use those CDC guidelines and and and, uh, and be safe and be smart and be courteous. So that's a good yep. question. Good question, Nick. I've got one for you. I know you're a big tournament fisherman. Uh, I I didn't know the answer to this question until yesterday, but you know tournament fishing, whether it's it's big tournaments like the Governor's Cup or or the Elite Series or 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 whatever it is, um, to the smallest, you know, Lake Preston uh, Elks Club, you know, family tournament or whatever. A lot of questions about fishing tournaments and fishing tournaments being held across the season. What have you heard about that? Yep, so the biggest tournament that we had coming up was, as many of you hardcore walleye anglers know, National Walleye Tour was coming here to Chamberlain, and that was going to be April 30th and May one. They have moved that date back. It has been postponed until, let me check here, but I believe it is May 28th to May 29th now is what that's going to be. So that week after Memorial Day. Yep, May 28th, May 29th, still going on. But, again, it's important to note that GFP does not put on these tournaments. Right. These are put on by, you know, the Lake Preston Club, National Walleye Tour. Um, we got Master Walleye Circuit coming up to Mulbridge here at the end of June. Those are all separate organizations and GFP has not canceled those tournaments. They have, we've simply just reached out to those tournament directors, told them to make sure they're following those CDC guidelines and what Governor Noem has laid out. But some of those tournaments, like I saw one out west that was still taking place, but then a couple of them have been rescheduled or pushed back or even canceled. It just kind of depends on at that tournament director's discretion. So we've got that contact information on our website on who's putting that tournament on. So Give them a call or an email, and you'll get that information right there for whatever tournament you're interested in. Right, and and I think you know it, it, it's it's like all of us we're in in unprecedented territory, and and we hear you know it seems like the the mark is moving every day or every couple mm-hmm. of days about you know when when maybe life will start returning back to fairly normal, and and you might see some of these tournaments and stuff get scheduled and rescheduled a few times, and and. There again, you brought it up earlier. We're all anglers, and and we want to be out and and be fishing and be normal, but we still got to be safe. So, um, you know, I, I think it's just best to keep your keep your eye on those tournaments, especially if you're if you're really, you know, invested in them, and and uh, just be patient and and check out our our website um, and find that information. And, and uh, we're still sending out as much information, uh, you know, as always, if not more trying to keep everybody informed too so um co's had a, had quite a few emails saying you know are co's um available if i have an emergency if i see something you know bad um conservation officers uh can i still contact them are they still out and about helping so uh nick what have you heard about that yep we still have our co's out there in the field and we've, we've got them they're taking care of our resources i actually saw one earlier today and he was at, I think he was checking boat plugs, but I think I, I saw him. I didn't personally talk to him, so I'm not sure who it was, but they're still out and about, and you can always contact our conservation officers. We've got that on our Contact Us page, so gfp.se slash contact us, and then we've got a big conservation officers bar. It shows their cell phone number, where they are, so wherever you are, you can find your nearest one. They're still out there, and they're still ready to come help you if needed. Right, and and also, you know, in the in the fishing handbook, hunting handbook, those names and numbers are there too. So, um, they're they're yep. they're a good resource, and and they're doing a lot more than just out there checking boats and stuff now, and and turkey hunters, um, just like always. So, good stuff. Yeah, and and they 
and they, if you've got a specific, you know, maybe you have a special GPA in a certain area, you know, they might know more about that too, or even a boat launch up in their right. neck of the woods, they might be able to help with that as well. Right, right, right. Cool. So, I got another question for you, Chris. A lot of people have been asking, it's April 5th right now, so our Nest Predator Bounty Program would have started on April 1. Are we still running that, or is that, are we waiting on that? You know, I, uh, on uh, March 30th, uh, the last day of March, I, it doesn't, they all run together, um, had a ton of questions going, hey, are you, you, you know, is this still live, or are you still doing this? I know it got approved, and, and the answer is yes. Um, starting April 1st, that Nest Predator Bounty Program is going on, um, but due to these, you know, COVID-19 concerns, obviously, we're not accepting tails at this moment. We'll, we'll do it at a later date. Uh, haven't really determined that. But what we're asking folks, and, and I, I could go into 100 stories, Nick, and I know you could too, that people who have tails, please freeze them, like, individually so we can identify them by num how many you have when they're frozen until they can be submitted. I, I mean... Last year, there were some times when it got hot and people were turning in tails. Uh, you know, this is a family podcast. It, it was a horror show. I mean, it was terrible. I don't know if you got to see them, Nick, but I know you heard some of the same stories. And I was actually out at the Fort Pier office one day when uh, some people were turning tails in, and it was brutal. <laughs> so we're asking folks, freeze those tails individually. Yep, and I think a lot of people did get that message last year because when we did announce that it was going to close on August 12th or right. whatever it was last year, a lot of people came in with frozen tails. So I'd say treat it just like your game and right. how you're packaging your fish and pheasants for transport too. I mean, I don't see it any different than that. Right, yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. Just think of it as, uh, you know, walleye fillets or a, or a or a pheasant. You know, just uh, make sure they're, they're frozen individually so, you know, you bring them in. Um, Maybe they're laid out flat. Oh, you got 15 tails. Bang, here you go. Um, there are some different guidelines. Um, I think tails are worth $5 this year. Um, so uh, just trying to spread that out a little bit. If you've got any information or, you know, any questions or stuff, Nick's done a good job of keeping that um, up on the website. If you look up Bounty Program uh, in the search button, uh, that comes up, and bang, you'll find it. So get out there. I, it, I did it last year. I, I think I caught one raccoon. Um, but it is a ton of fun. I mean, you go out and check them, and it's always interesting. It's, oh, something stole my bait, or or why aren't they hitting it here? I know there's there's critters in the area. So it's kind of fun. I'm a terrible trapper, but it, it, is, uh, it is a great way to spend some time outdoors with the family. Um, I know Charlie, my daughter, was always mortified that we were going to catch a skunk. Um, we never did. I hit one with the car going out to check the traps one day, and, and then we had to stop and wash the vehicle. But, you know, it is what it is. So, Nick? Uh, no. Bear in mind, Chris, those rogue kill skunks are not eligible. For right, but you can hunt them this year. You can shoot them this year. That's the other point I was going to make. Uh, you don't necessarily have to trap them. If you shoot them, um, they are eligible this year. Or if you hunt them, they are eligible. Those tails are eligible this year. So that's a good point. Good job. So Chris has so Chris has a chance this year is basically what we're getting at. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I do. Um, so uh, sorry that little delay. My family was coming in and, and I was asking them to be quiet. I guess they could say hi, but usually the phone rings when I'm doing one of these podcasts. So, um, but uh, Nick, Nick, it's spring, you know, and uh, it is interesting. We did we did have a conversation with with our our leadership. 
uh, with with Secretary Hepler and uh, Director of Wildlife Tommy Kirschman about some of our field staff going out and doing some work as long as they're being safe and, and keeping distances and traveling separately and stuff. But one of the things that that we uh, we always get cheered for, and uh, which is which is kind of rare, but the the things that that people look for are our stocking trucks this time of year, going into the next couple months. Um, you know, the stocking trucks going out and stocking lakes and, and trying to help these fisheries be better. What are you hearing on fish stockings this year? So right now we've got future fish stockings on hold, but we ha- but we have been talking a lot with our field staff, and like, like Chris says, we have had some bigger conversations, and we are going to be having field staff out there. I, I actually saw one of our fish vehicles today. They weren't stocking, but I think they might have been just doing a little creel drive-by, seeing how many trailers were out in the sure. Washington downstream today. And so I, I did see them, and we do have field staff out there. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work with the fish stockings. I know we've had a lot of trout stockings take place yep. already, and I have seen some in downstream, and I know they're below Fort Randall down there as well. But you should you should start seeing some of our field staff out there, and they're going to be maintaining distance, and they might not be in as big a groups as you're used to seeing, but they're still going to be out there. Right, and I think, you know, people and, you know, there are a lot of people saying, geez, I'd hate to see, you know, this fishery or that fishery. I know they were scheduled to get fish this year, and it's really bouncing back, and we'd hate to see it, you know, take a step back. And I will tell you that our our hatchery folks and our fisheries biologists are about as upset with it as anybody because they take pride in a lot of that work and watching these these fisheries that maybe have been marginal for a while and all of a sudden start catching on and, and uh, having good year classes of fish that they stock, they take a lot of pride in that, and and uh, they have a lot of fun with it. So I think uh, I, I, it would be safe to say that they, they're just as upset as uh, any of the local anglers about their local lakes and stuff. But I think I think what we'll see, and depending upon when this when things get back to normal, is uh, you know they'll probably start stocking pretty hard as soon as they can get the okay to to uh, go. Obviously, you know our our walleye. Um, egg take and, um, you know, trying to stock walleyes from the Missouri River, obviously that's on hold because, um, you know, that would have been done probably already or at least going on up in the northeast in the Missouri River right now. So obviously we won't be doing that. But there are other things they can do with, you know, moving fish around or, or stocking some of the fish that, that they have in the in the hatcheries now. So, so yeah, that's, that's always a concern. But uh, that was a good question that I had a guy actually stop me at Dakota Mart and ask if we were going to be stocking fish. So... Let's let's turn to we addressed a little bit of it, but let's turn to state parks, Nick. Um, we addressed this a little bit about general maintenance in the parks. We're getting a lot of questions like, you know, who's keeping the parks clean? You know, who's picking up trash? Are there is there going to be people around to help do any of that stuff? Are you hearing any of that? And and I know you talked to some of the parks folks to get some of those answers, but. Absolutely, and on, on those nice days especially, I mean, it's almost like every day is a weekend right now right. for people, and it's basically weather-dependent. Right. So, I mean, even if we have a cold weekend now, that's okay, because everybody's out in the parks on Monday and Tuesday, as right. I absolutely work hard, of course. But but <laughs> uh, people, a lot of people are concerned about those facilities, and like Chris said earlier, those vault toilets, they are still available, as well as some restrooms. Now those... those um. You know, those running water systems like fish cleaning stations, those comfort stations, 
usually those aren't even open until May 1, just because, you know, it's been a very warm spring so far. Mm -hmm. We're still due for another snowstorm or two, I think. But those are usually not open until May 1 anyway. They're still working hard to make sure those are available, and they're cleaning those vault toilets, making sure there's there's toilet paper accessible. Again, please don't steal it. Um, (laughs) Minnows are more valuable to me than toilet paper anyway. The the toilet paper thing, though, is real. I I talked to Director Simpson and... and, uh, Matt Snyder out at Custer State Park, and uh, they put that toilet paper in the vault toilets, and it's disappearing as fast as they can get it in there. And that's, to me, that's just like, come on, that's crazy. But I guess whatever. Again, if you want to drop your minnows off at my garage, right, mine too. I got, I got the aerator running. I'll, I'll take the minnows. My aerator died this morning. I got to go get, got to go uh, find a new one, a different one. That, but yeah, minnows are just as a bit as uh, valuable as toilet paper right now. At least in my opinion. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, we do have people out there. They're keeping it clean. And, you know, again, if you go out anytime you're out in the parks, it's respectful to pick up your litter, make sure you don't leave any trash around anyways, right. and just go have a picnic, bring your own blanket. You know, maybe that's what truck beds are for, right? Right, and right. Old, listen to some Joe Diffie and listen to <laughs> There you go. You're going to be good to go. But the other thing going on with parks, especially as summer gets out and school gets out and we start warming up, is all those parks activities and programs we do, are those canceled? And if so, how long? Chris, go ahead and take that away. Yeah, you know, talking to the park staff and the education staff, um, obviously all those group events and stuff right now are canceled. Um, You know, I I think, will, will they stay canceled I would tell you that there again, that staff is chomping at the bit to go out and do programming. Um, I think as soon as we get the alls clear, you're going to see a, a a giant bunch of awesome programming as they always do in the parks. But I think even some extra special stuff because we got people that really want to do their jobs. So for now, everything is canceled for the summer. But I, I, I'm pretty. I think it's pretty safe to say once we get that all clear. You know, you're going to see stuff ramp up in a hurry, and, and that programming and those things kind of come back in a hurry, too. And, and like I said, those those folks really want to get out and do that programming because that's what they like to do. So everything's canceled for now, but once that all clear happens, um, it's safe to say that there's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on uh, in our parks as soon as we get that all clear. But, Nick... Um, reservations as far as making camping reservations you know we've said the parks are open um you know uh come out and enjoy it be safe keep a safe distance um and i know um that you know it's coming up there's some deadlines coming up and if they haven't even already passed for the fourth of july and and some of those things can people still make camping reservations Absolutely. We're still taking reservations, and even if, if that's just for next weekend, too, you see an opening and you want to go out and enjoy, and enjoy some camping, get away from everybody, you're, you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, yep, 4th of July was Saturday morning, was that Friday of 4th of July, but as, as, look at that 90-day reservation calendar, and even, you know, that's three months ahead. So we could right. be in a completely different, I'm sure we're going to be in a completely different situation from where we are now, but... You're not. You can make a reservation for three days out if that's open, or you can make it three months out. It all depends on what the park is, what they have available. Um, a lot of those lodges and cabins are closed, but you can still make your RV reservation or a tent reservation. And right. Again, many of us go camping to not be near people, so 
that's that's not hard for some of our folks. I'm I'm one of them. I'm included. Right, and and I did I did have a guy um, send me an email. Some of those little campground um, cabins and stuff are open, you know, especially yep. the the little ones. And he was wondering how to um, how he, how he could get his key. And, and I think uh, you know the direction that I I got was you know our staff is is monitoring those those kind of um, reservations, and they're reaching out to those camp campers and saying this is how you get the key. Um, you know, because obviously it's going to be a little different. You just can't pull up to, um, you know, Oahe downstream or Fort Siston or whatever and, and have somebody hand you the key. Um, so they're, they are trying to keep those, keep track of those. If you do have one of those reservations, you're coming up on your, um, on your reservation date, you know, shoot us an email, um, make a call because they are monitoring some of that stuff and, uh, they'll get you make sure they get you a key. The one thing that they did, every campground, uh, employee that I talked to this week, and there was quite a few, they were saying, if you do have one of those camp, like the the, the little cabin reservations, uh, is please be mindful of your check-in and check-out dates, because they're already running into people coming earlier, wanting to stay a little longer, um, you know, obviously with these this COVID-19 stuff, we got to make sure we're doing a really, really good job and taking some extra steps of cleaning, so it's taking a little longer to clean those cabins. So, you know, try to be really mindful. We're asking folks who have those reservations to be really mindful of those check-in, check-out times. You know, don't show up early wanting the key. Don't uh, don't check out late and put us behind the eight ball as far as, um, you know, making sure those are clean and safe and, and uh, keeping our next campers happy. So that was one thing that they wanted me to plug for sure. So uh, what about refunds? We offering refunds if folks, you know, just like the turkey tag, hey, I was going to camp, and, and, and now we think we better not. What have you seen from directions on that, Nick? Yep, we are offering full refunds just due to the circumstances. If you do want to cancel your reservation for, for any of those reasons, just call 1-800-710-2267 and talk to our Camp SD operators. Tell them that you want to cancel your reservation due to that COVID-19, and they'll get you a full refund and get you taken care of. It's a pretty quick, slick process. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, so I've got a 12-year-old daughter, Nick. You know her well. Yep. Um, she's uh, teaching herself Spanish besides going to class every day remotely and was kind of a little bored. I mean, we tried to do a good job of keeping her keeping – her, um, entertained and, and stuff but you know she's she wants to do a lot of things and i said well hey now is the time to take your hunt safe because you are 12 and you're eligible for regular uh hunting licenses and i started thinking i was like man hunt safe what about the field day and that kind of stuff um you know i would like i'd like her to take a class with um class box crew and all those awesome hunt safe instructors that we have but what kind of uh what are we doing with HuntSafe? What have we made any changes to that program? That's another question that I had, and then I know, I know I've gotten that from a couple of folks too. Yep, and we're offering those HuntSafe classes online. We have it set up. It, it's a really it's a really good program. I'm sure, many of our students are going through virtual classes right now. It should be really no different for them. It might vary based on what you're used to, but right. it can be very easy to do. And we have all of our in-person classes are on hold until we can kind of figure out 
where we're going to be with this situation. And that means we're making field days not required either. You can oh. take that course online, and then you can go turkey hunting once you get that taken care of. And that's going to be at least through the end of April. You can find more information on our hunter education page. That's, again, gfp.sd.gov slash hunter education. So that's going to get you everything you need to know, and we can get you out in the field and ready to even chase those turkeys. And, you know, it's almost time to start thinking about deer tags, too. Right, yeah. So and, there's, and, no, there's no time to be too early. Yeah, special buck, you know, we already drew that. But, yeah, we're going to come up on here in a month. We're going to open up those deer. Well, a month and a half, we'll open up those deer apps. And important if you want those young kids to get out and maybe have a chance at a buck or at least, you know, they could still do the youth license and then maybe get doe tags and, I know after Charlie shot her mentored deer last year, she was like, I want to shoot another deer. I said, babe, you only got one tag. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's, if you, if you want, uh, if you want to extend that, uh, experience to your kids, especially like with turkey hunting, like you said, Nick, um, yeah, it's important to do that, but I didn't know that that got waived so that, or the, the field, field day is not going on. So interesting yep, stuff. Field day is great. Wait for now, so you're good to go to, and, you know, Charlie's probably going to be better at taking that class online than you could ever run that website, too. We're, we're used to that stuff. Dude, it's amazing. For me to try to keep up with what she's doing and accessing just for school on a computer, I I, I tried to help her the other day, and I, I just about quit. I was like, yeah, I, no, keep keep trying to teach Dad on where we're going with this, because... It is amazing, and it seems like cliche. I remember my dad looking at my Atari and being blown away in the in the 80s, you know, technology. And, <laughs> and now I'm the grumpy old man, I guess. So, um, But that's it is what it is, right? So what else as far as education, what do we got going, Nick? I know uh, the outdoor campuses are closed, but what uh, I, I saw something. I didn't get a real good look at it on some of the outdoor campus Facebook pages and, and – and I, I know you put some of it on our Facebook pages, but what, what are our campuses doing at this time? You, you know, they're, like you said, Chris, they're being just awesome. Uh, again, back back to the fish stockings, our staff deeply care about what they do. That's why this is such a fun job. Everybody here cares a great deal about what we do and why we do it and who we do it for, and our campuses are no different. They are pumping out videos about what you can do at home, keep your kids entertained, great activities you can do on those nice days. Again, even if it's a Tuesday, I mean, we'll call it a field trip, right? Those are just right. fine. So they've, they've got a ton of great activities they're pumping out on their Facebook page, helping you if you are if you do have some kids at home you got to keep entertained and, and play teacher for a little bit, or just something that if you want to learn a little bit too, there's, there's great programming for adults as well. And our parks are doing the same thing. They're doing a great job getting those videos up on their pages. I know uh, Pelican Lake up in that area, Pelican Lake, Sandy Shore, they've got some great stuff out there, too. Cool. So those, those, those campuses are doing a good, good job keeping me entertained in what we got and also keeping us updated on the situation, too. Right. You know, and the other thing with those campuses, uh, the, we're talking about our outdoor campus uh, west in Rapid and our outdoor campus east in Sioux Falls is they're always, like, you can throw them the goofiest idea and if it's got some, you know, hunting, fishing, hiking, bird watching, those kind of ramifications, they're open to anything. So this is probably as good an area as anywhere to say, you know, if you're sitting at home and you're watching one of those videos or something pops in your head and it's like, hey, what about whatever? You know, throw it out to the campuses. If they don't answer your question, I would be extremely shocked. And if they didn't come up with some kind of little 
you know, if they didn't have some kind of programming, um, you know, I'd be really shocked. You know, it's a good idea. It's a great way to probably interact with our staff. And, and if you have that question, somebody else does too. You know, I, I bring up, like, fly tying. You know, Thea, um, Thea Miller-Ryan, our old, our old uh, campus director, longtime campus director in, in Sioux Falls, we were talking – uh, about a month ago, she was, you know, God, I just, I miss, what I really miss is that hands-on stuff with people, and she brought up fly tying, and I was just like, man, our, our education people are, are offering that stuff, they did a fly tying class in Pier, and, and um, you know, they're doing some of that stuff at the campuses, and so, but that was, that was user-driven, that was people saying, you know, we want to learn how to do this kind of stuff, and our guys and gals at our education programming said okay we'll offer that and we'll throw it out there and we'll start teaching people how to do that some more and it's been really really cool obviously you know um we've found different different ways to do different things but it's those folks are always open to suggestions and uh it's a great way to interact and, and maybe teach some other folks on how to do some things that they didn't even know they wanted to do so and to build off that chris those are activities that even on like the past what Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? We had some snow. It was cold and blowy. Right. Those are awesome things to do at home too. Right. And I'll I'll go on the record and say your daughter Charlie is a significantly better fly tire than I ever will be <laughs> yeah, in my life. Right. Me too. I just don't have that patience or creative side. Right. <laughs> but it, but I it, mean a lot a lot of guys are painting their own crankbaits and stuff too, and getting into that stuff. And maybe it's something you did as a kid, but now it's coming back because you got all this time at home. I mean, a lot of people are getting involved in that stuff. Right. And, and, you know, that goes just kind of playing off this a little bit, Nick. I, I, I guarantee you, how many snells did you tie? How many snells have you tied in the last two weeks? I, I don't want to say, but it's in the hundreds <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Right. So it, it's a good time to still keep your brain engaged in, in thinking about hunting, thinking about fishing. I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, uh, and I, go ahead. I, I will say they're getting weirder and weirder, too. I, I tied all my basic ones I used, so now we've got Shiner chasing walleye. It, it, there's right. some weird ones coming out right now. Right, right. And, and I mean, even, um, you know, that kind of stuff, getting your gear organized on the days where, you know, you are trapped inside and it's and it's rotten out or, or maybe you got something to do but you can't go too far or whatever, you know, those those kind of things, those educational videos and classes and ideas or just taking care of your own gear i cleaned three shotguns um what day the first day of the snow i haven't cleaned two of those shotguns in two years i guarantee it so um you know just the, those kind of things keep our keep our brains engaged in in hunting and fishing in the outdoors and and uh so it's always a good thing but check out the outdoor campus facebook pages um go to our website search them there's always all kinds of good ideas and like i said if you have a good idea for or i have a question about some kind of critter, or even if it's a picture, what kind of bird is this? Um, those folks go out of their way to try to answer those questions. I got, a, I got, I was going to save this till the end, but I got a picture of a deer in Rapid City that one side of it was completely shaved, like it was a little mule deer doe. It was in the person's backyard, and it looked like somebody like tackled it and just shaved, and it was perfectly one half of its body. Um, I sent that on, and it stumped everybody. <laughs> Nobody has any idea why why this this deer has you know it's not it's it's got hair, but it's really short, and then the other side is just normal. So I thought maybe it was a prank, but I can't imagine trying to hold down a deer and, and shave it. Why you would do it one and two, you'd probably end up with a broken nose. But uh, those are always good good ideas to reach out with those pictures and questions and stuff. 
and uh, and ask folks. So let's move on. And just go ahead. Just for anybody listening, instead of shaving a deer, you're more than welcome to come to my house and give me a haircut. I promise I will sit still, but I am in desperate need. We'd have to put it on like a selfie stick or something and keep six feet away, and then the results of that haircut might get a little iffy. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's a good. That's a good point. We got to maintain our social distance. Right. Oh. But oh man, it's it's getting it's getting ugly. It's it's not good. I'm glad we're not in the office. Right. You're looking looking a little like a wild uh, wild red dirt uh, Nebraska boy. I'm sure. Hey, about, if I was taller, I'd be a Sasquatch. I'm only five eight. <laughs> what about let's? We got a few more questions um, that I want to get through, and then I I think we each have a couple of funny questions or, or questions that might might have stumped us or just like, huh, never thought of that. But um, getting some questions uh, through some of my landowner contacts, and I know it even came up at the commission meeting. Um, GFP still processing food plot. Pay- payments and some of that stuff, offering that still that assistance. Um, I do know that that those payments are still being processed. They're taking a little longer. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are still all, all doing that. Um, those programs are trying to go along, uh, you know, as, as much as normal as we can. And But what have you heard, Nick, about, like, uh, into those habitat programs? You know, Governor Nome's got a big push for the Second Century Habitat Program and all some of these other habitat programs that we have. Um Still, are we still actively doing that, enrolling, um, promoting, doing all that stuff? Yep, we are. We are still enrolling land in that habitat program. Again, it's taken longer, but don't be afraid to reach out to your nearest habitat advisor. I'm sure they'd be glad to hear from you and, and glad to talk to you about, you know, what we have to offer and what, what there is out there that would be specific to, to their land. So, again, they might not get back to you right away, but I think they would be happy to talk to you and, get you set up too i mean now's the perfect time right and where where's the best place for them to find that those habitat advisors i there's a is there a link right on our our home page or or what's the best like search method for that nick we've got a couple options on our um, on our gsp.sd.gov page we have a landowner program so check that page out the main it's gfp.sd.gov uh, slash landowner dash programs right. so that's going to have that map right there as well and then also our habitat page habitat.sd.gov right. that's going to have all the various types of options we have so it's going to take an even deeper dive and then you can find that same information there as well cool 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 and then and I know you get this question and and uh, it's it's you know besides our wild info you know email and, and everything else is, you know, who's monitoring and what's the best method of contacting game fish? Um, you know, uh, you can, I'll let you chime in about, you know, the social media stuff and, and, and that and, and your interactions there. Yeah, um, definitely. Like I said, we've seen a significant uptick in our Facebook messages since all, since all this started. A lot of people have questions and a lot of people have plenty of time at home to reach out and ask. Right. So keep, Keep sending those in. I'll get back to them as soon as I can. And then, like, like it sounds like you're monitoring that wild info as well. I yep. believe that's wild, I-N-F-O. Oh, I can't even spell there's Nebraska again. <laughs> at state.sd.us. And we also have a park info as well that I believe is being monitored pretty well, too. Yep. So, and then we got, we got a number. It's all on our contact us page, gsp.sd.gov slash contact us. 
You got your COs, all that stuff's out there too. So you know how to get a hold of pretty much every single one of us. Right, right. And and like I said, we we like doing this stuff. I know you love doing it. I'm good at it, but you're really good at it. But uh, as long as you're being, we're being uh, like normal South Dakotans, and we're just having a conversation. That you know, I I like doing it. We like engaging with folks. Um, even when people get mad, it's it's okay to. You know, usually we we can agree to disagree, or or you know we leave it at a at a good place. But um, you know, if you've got ideas, if you've got questions, you know, throw them out there. I I like answering them. I know Nick like likes answering them and having those conversations with those folks. And and uh, you know, I've 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 been trying to tell everybody, like especially on emails, you know, I at the end it's like stay well, and it's not just. To me, it's not when I say that, it's not even just physically well. It's also mentally well. And for me, a big part of that is being outside, hunting, fishing, um, you know, going for walks, uh, letting my dogs walk. And I, I think we all need to probably take that into our brains a little bit. Is one of the big reasons we live in South Dakota is our outdoor resources and, and, and to utilize them. I haven't fished in a few days, and I'm starting to get crabby. So I told my wife they were out for a bike ride, and they just came walking in. And I just went, uh, yeah, it's two o'clock in two hours i don't care what the wind's doing i'm probably going to go out and go fishing so so get outside but if you got those questions got you know reach out to to us at our facebook pages any of the parks facebook pages but the main game fishing parks facebook page nick nick is monitoring that or uh our wild info um email or or one of our personal emails our folks are all all monitoring those so so uh, feel free to reach out to us Nick, what do you got for funny, interesting questions that you've got from social media this week, last week? So, so I've had some interesting ones, but I think what stands out to me the most, and this was not one specific question, by the way. We have had a lot of people asking, you know, I see a deer in my backyard. I'm, are we in a survival situation? Can I can I just shoot right. that out the back deck and right. call that I got dinner? That too. And, I mean, uh I just want to point out that I've been kept at my walleye limit of four. I'm not saying I'm a good enough fisherman to catch too many over that. But <laughs> we, <laughs> we, have, have we still got those regulations in place, Chris, or are we just uh, we just going for them? No, you know, those regulations are in place, and, and it would take something crazy to, to say, look, we're heading down the line of subsistence uh, hunting and subsistence fishing, um, you know, that – uh, I'm going to throw something out there. It's called the North American model, and uh, it, you know, it, there, if you want to, go ahead and look it up. But it basically says wildlife belongs to everybody. Um, that being said, you know, all these rules and regulations that states have in place for hunting and fishing um, are based off that. So I would, you know, we're not probably going to go to that subsistence, excuse me, subsistence hunting or fishing where, yeah, oh, there's a deer at my bird feeder, or oh, I'm going to go drive around and shoot a deer because. Uh, my family's hungry. Um, at this point, you know, that's probably not going to happen, or that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I think you had a good answer, and, and you sent it through and on an email. There are some seasons, turkey season's open. Um, you know, if, if it's legal to take, um, you know, and you have the proper licenses, go for it. Um, you know, proper proper way to take it. You know, archery, archery turkey tags are are open to everybody, um, you know, go pick up an archery turkey tag or a leftover firearms turkey tag and, and go turkey hunting. Um, any other of those seasons that are open, go for it. Um, you know, there's 
Uh, I know some spots, well, heck, my backyard is full of those collared doves. I live in town, so I can't shoot them, but that was, that's an invasive species. You can shoot those year-round, so if you had a place out in the country where there were some of those collared doves, um, you could shoot them, and you can't tell the difference between a collared dove and a morning dove. Um, you know, mm -hmm. any fishing seasons that are open, go for it. Um, do what you have to do legally to put some food on the table. But I got that question, too, and I thought you answered it well, Nick. Um, well, thank you. And, and and again, that wild game is awesome for you any time of the year. Right. I mean, that deer, I'm sure many of us still have deer in the freezer from last year, unless you had a long winter like some other people do and shallow on that. But, right. you know, it, it's springtime. Fish are shallow. The water's cool. Right. They're, 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 com they're coming up and they're available. And we've got some fresh walleye fillets from the past couple of days that we're sure going to have, I think, for dinner tonight and lunch tomorrow. We're gonna put those in some batter, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good meal. Right, I, I don't even, even have to go uh, to the grocery store. I even uh, two weeks ago, I caught a catfish and kept my first catfish that I've kept in a long time, which seems weird living you know in pier. But uh, I took took a catfish, half a catfish fillet and a walleye fillet, and cooked it for my family. Yeah, they could tell the difference, but they both, my wife and daughter, both realized that catfish is pretty good, and and will probably expand what I fish for and and what I bring home. Uh, when I do take fish, um, you know, so that that to me plays a plays a role in a, my future fishing. I mean, you know, you can go out and throw some cut bait down out on the out on the bottom and and catch a few catfish and have some fun. I almost lost a rod and I had to dive in, but uh, I did get the fish and and uh, so yeah, that that's an interesting point and and it's a good point, Nick. Uh, one of the ones that I I got uh, quite a bit this week and we didn't bring up is boat ramps. And uh, GFP, yep. are they going to be putting out boat ramps? Are they suspending putting out boat ramps at state launches? Um, have you heard that, and what have you what have you gotten from our field staff? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's definitely what we're concerned about. And we're we're still boat, putting boat launches in as the ice comes off, as the weather comes off. It might be not it might not be as fast as what we're used to, but we're still getting those right. launches in. And I mean, living in Pure, we're fortunate because. You know, Farm Island has been in for a while. Um, Owaki Downstream is open. That's been in. That's where we've been putting in. And then some of those even city launches have been in for quite a good right. deal of time. Yep. So we're fortunate here. But as the ice comes off in the northeast, southeast, those boat launches are going to be put in. It might not be as fast right away, but check out our public fishing access map on our website, too. You might see a boat ramp is blue or red. And our field staff keep that up today. That's lifetime. Right. So if you see a blue boat ramp and it says four five twenty twenty boat ramp is in, go hit it. Right. And if you guys particularly away, that might be you know a good bit of drive away. Just just check it. Check that map and see some of those close fisheries to you as well. Right. And and um, you know if if I think the the map is a really great resource and I, I didn't even think about that, but. Also, if you have a question, if you see one that's red, I think, you know, shooting out an email or, or reaching out to us via social media um, is, is a way that we can ask. Um, you or I can ask one of our, our people that we know who's in charge of that area. <coughs> Excuse me. And give them a, you know, we might get a, yep, we're going to get to that this week, or uh, that one's going to be a few days or whatever. So mm -hmm. we can at least give you a good time frame, too. So I think that's yep. important. That's a good idea. So. Cool. Exactly. I'll be honest. Probably ninety-eight percent of the are the boat ramp in questions I answer with that map. Right. Probably ninety-eight percent of them. Right. Yep. Yep. That's a good map. What else you got for interesting questions? Anything? 
I'm running out of questions for now. I mean, there's still plenty of unique ones coming in. Right. But I, I, I think one of the things that people just really want to do is how, how can they keep their family safe but still enjoy what they want to do? You know, many of us, we say fishing's a great way to social distance, but many of, we have to go in and we have to pick up live bait at the gas station. And what can we do? Oh, I know you've got an aerator full of minnows and I do too, but what are other things we can do to keep our family safe? But, still enjoy the lifestyle that we that we want i i think you know for me and it's something that my family have been talking about a lot is you know last week i was getting a cold i was getting a cough um i had a little bit you know um kind of achy i I was 99 percent sure because i get like ear infections and uh and strep throat and i'm like okay here it comes i was 99 percent sure that that's what it was so you know what i didn't go anywhere I mean, I, you know, if Melissa said, hey, um, I, I, you know, the, the vehicle needs gas, I was like, nope, not going out. I'm not doing it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. That, and that was hard for me. It was just like, oh, it's just a cold. Uh, I'm sure it's just a cold. But at this time, you know, if, if you're not feeling well, you've got to stay home. Even if, you know, you can maybe go for, for a walk around the block. Um, or go sit in your backyard or sit in your back porch and stuff. But for me, that was that was like, man, am I am I getting this? Am I really sick? Or um, so I better stay home. I got to shut this down. I can't go to um, a grocery store and pick up groceries. I can't go. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't be out fishing. Even uh, I shouldn't go to a state park. I shouldn't go get gas. Those things. I mean, those things got to shut down. Um, and the other thing is, um, you know, that social distancing. Uh, you know, I know we've all washed our hands until they're chapped. Uh, we should have probably been doing that all along. But uh, that social distancing thing, um, you know, I mean, if they say six feet. I, I may even having a problem with that now. And and you know, just saying, well, maybe, you know, it's it's six feet at minimum, and then like you know, go do your stuff and get out of wherever you're doing. But but the big thing for all of us, I know it is, is this outdoor resources. Get outside, take some deep breaths, keep your distance, you know, if you're going to fish, uh, maybe the act of actually, you know, you know there's a spot where there's a ton of fish being caught, but there's eight guys there, eight guys and gals there, you know, is is catching the fish the important thing or being outside in the act of fishing the important thing? And for me right now, it's more of the act of normalcy and the act of fishing. I fish spots, um, you know, before I didn't start feeling very well, I feel fine now, but you know, that I haven't fished in 20 years because there's not many fish there. Now, I caught a few fish there, but it was more the act of fishing and just the back to the normalcy for me. So I, I think those are those are a couple of steps that you can take is is if you're even feeling off a little bit, you got to stay home until you're back, right? And, and uh, you know, go out and explore a little bit and maybe expand some of the things that you normally haven't done, whether it's catfishing or... or or fish in some different spots where there's nobody and there might not be any fish, but you're just fishing the fish. So what about you? Anything pop into your brain? I, I agree. And, and that's one of the things I do as well. And that's what I've been doing. Usually I get just a scoop of minnows and put them in the bucket and call it good. Right. But now I just limited my trips into the gas station. Maybe I took six minnows. I mean, this time of year, keeping water cool and putting an aerator on it, you, you can keep those things alive right. for a long time. Same with crawlers. I think I picked up three or four boxes of crawlers, threw those in the fridge. They're they're still just fine, and that right. was probably when this started a month ago. So just stockpile that bait, and 
you know, if you are going to go for a picnic, maybe don't use one of our picnic shelters. Maybe that's this time if you've got suburban, drop those back seats, and that's a nice little area too. Take a blanket, you know. Right. I, I can't. I can't think of a picnic that I've had on a blanket for a long time. <laughs> right. But right. now, now's the time to bring it back. Right. That's a good idea. Or 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 find or go find those secret fishing spots. I mean, you yeah. never know. You might find a spot that you never want to go to those community holes again. Right. Right. I th- I think that's the the biggest opportunity of all this is go fish some maybe some different areas that you've driven by and and maybe you've never seen people fishing there or rarely you know stop and fish for a while and and uh, you know my fishing is i've been bringing a book um too and just kind of reading and and just being out and fishing and maybe not actively fishing as much as i normally would be but just being out and fishing so that's a good point so i got one for you nick and and it's a question uh I looked at it a couple times, and I went, I think I know the answer, and, and I st- still am not 100% sure that I do, but it was a question, can you legally take fish and or game with a blowgun? Oh, I wish. I wish we could. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> but no, alas, we cannot take fish or game with a blowgun here in South Dakota. Right. And fun fact, I know that many of our colleges have sent their students home, but they don't like you having them in the dorms either. No, just, they don't. Just for anyone that may be curious. <laughs> don't ask how I know. <laughs> I know. I, I would I would echo that. Um, I will also say that I, I would love to try to shoot it like a carp with a blowgun. I don't know how you'd ever get the fish back, but I shot a blowgun dart through a dryer one time in college like it went into the dryer so i'm i know i could get a carp i don't know how you could get a string tied to the blowgun so you could fight the fish back but uh yeah we can't do it but it sure would be fun to try right now that i'm thinking about it you know they they can get in those shallow areas and they can get in those ditches and they can get trapped in there and go around in there so i mean long enough net or some good (laughs) pair of waders you could go get it but again it's illegal so please don't (laughs) right cool well i think we'll wrap this up i I think this is also going to be a probably a weekly or or every two week kind of thing uh with nick and i answering questions so we do say you know if you've got any questions Keep them coming uh, to us through social media. If you want to stump us, we always say if you stump us on a question, we don't get paid for the day. But uh, you know, even if it's an oddball question like blowguns, I mean, I'm sure that's in a lot of that's been in a lot of people's heads, especially college kids' heads. Uh, can you do this? And is it legal? Um, so ask us those questions. Um, we'll answer them as fast as we can. But we'll also, um, if you've got it in your brain, other folks probably do too. So. Um, ask us those questions via social media or uh, through our website or that uh, wild info uh, email. Um, we appreciate it. it. It keeps us going. Um, and Nick, I, thanks for doing this for the first time. And I think we'll we'll probably try to make this a regular deal. And and uh, maybe we can even do some fishing reports and stuff on on uh, down on the future. But uh, take care and stay well, Nick. I appreciate it. And for everybody out there, thank you for joining the South Dakota GFP podcast and blast. Until next time, uh, Chris Hull and Nick Harrington signing off. Mm-hmm.